But they said um, there was the visiting um, pastor. He used to be the pastor of here, Alan, and uh, he was visiting today. And but Graham said he spoke about the fire of God, <laughs> and uh, he said he forgot his notes. So um, he said he just winged it. But uh, he said it was the best message he ever heard him preach. <laughs> so uh, I think I'll wing it. No, um, but uh, he preached about the fire of God, and uh, you know you're just reminded in a building like this, just the fire that. John Wesley, who founded, John and his brother Charles, who founded Method, the Methodist Church, the Methodist Church. Uh, I just ask for the Lord. I just ask for more, Lord. We say amen to every prayer that was ever prayed in this room. Every prayer that was in you, every prophecy that was in you, Lord God. We just agree, Lord. The message that was preached, the worship that was sung, the fellowship that was had, the, key, the bread that was broken, Lord, in this service and the last service, we say amen, Lord. We say let your kingdom come in this room as it is in heaven. Let this little building be a touchdown place for heaven to manifest that your glory would be seen, Lord, your majesty, your beauty. We want the Lord. We desire the Lord. We need it, Lord. Amen. Yeah, coming to a building like this, I don't know why it just grabs you sometimes, you know. Imagine 250 years old, I think this building is. Imagine all them hymns that were sung here and prayers that were prayed and Bibles that were studied and words that were preached and testimonies that were given. And it continues. That's the good thing. It continues. Um, the church goes on. The kingdom keeps moving. That's the bottom line. Like I remember years ago when Bob Moyhook, for those who remember, planted Liberty with us and, and someone said, what are we going to do? Bob is going back to America. I was like, you know what? The Apostle Paul died. And John died. And the kingdom still goes on. Sorry. I thought you were going to say, he's behind you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, he's not. Oh, no, he's not. <laughs> Amen. I'll tell you a testimony um, that I heard this week that I thought was fantastic. Um, a girl out of uh, Bluebell, she uh, was going to Poland, Krakow, or going to see Auschwitz and all. Just, I think she left last Friday. And, and um, no, no, was it Friday gone? Friday before. Friday before. Yeah, she came back Tuesday. But anyway, she was in the, in the, um, the airport and it was this um, Polish lady who was really loud and really boisterous and fighting with anybody and everybody that wasn't doing things away from the people online to the checkout people, to the people on the desk. And so anyway, you know, she was obviously heard and she, so the girl was saying, man, I hope I'm not near your woman. You know what I mean? She seems in foul form this out of the morning. And so anyway, it turns out that a friend that she went with was sitting beside this woman and she was sitting behind the woman. And uh, so the woman then was given out to the stewardess because the plane was full and she'd booked two seats and now she has somebody sitting beside her. And uh, so anyway, after a few moments um, that uh, she calmed down a bit and the girl got talking to her and she said something about, you know, she was going over to Poland to actually have a major operation. Did it, did it. And, um, and she says, my friend behind me, We'll pray for you. She, 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 she goes to church and all this. 
So uh, she actually landed, you know, Gemma in it, and they got switched around the seats, and Gemma sat beside her, and the woman, they got talking. So Gemma pulls out the word for the day, the little UCB book, right? And uh, so she opened her up on whatever day f- that Friday was, and the headline of the, of the message was, um, she said to the woman, here, read that. And it read, and it says, you're going to get through this. And the woman broke down, crying as loud as she was fighting with people, was now she was as loud like crying and sobbing and holding on to Gemma and and she says to Gemma you saved my life you don't know what this means you saved my life and Gemma was like look I opened the book for you type of thing and the woman says no you don't understand I was going to Poland to kill myself she says you saved my life Gemma met her at 10.30 this morning to bring her to church where up in Bluebell this morning don't you just not know that like one of our prayers, I hope you know, I want to tell you again, that we pray for you every morning. I know, I know our elders pray for you. I know we meet in the morning at six and we pray for every one of you. We say, here's our prayer, Lord, as our people wake up, let them hear. Or let something be in the heart. Or let them know it's a new day. Let them know. Like, I want you to know that. And, and the other prayer is, God has his people everywhere. He had Gemma on that plane, sitting beside that woman. And he has you in your workplace. He has you in your family. He has you in your community. He has you at the school gate. He has you, and he has people for your loved ones, exactly where he needs them to be. And I don't know, but that gives me great confidence when I pray, Lord, you have your people everywhere. We were praying for a guy I just met, um, an Indian pastor and his wife Raj and Evangeline uh, yesterday just randomly met him and, uh, and Evangeline uh, is in she's the manager of the ICU up in St. James's and every time we get a phone call will you pray for such and such they're gone into ICU Evangeline Evangeline our dad named Evangeline like Evangelist our other sister is Praiseline our other sister is Revivalin, and our other sister is Joylin and then Evangeline and Brazen runs the ICU up in James's, right? And then there was a guy that Sharon was working with, a girl that Sharon was working with, her, her fiancé was going in for a liver up, and um, not a liver up, a transplant, sorry. And um, anyway, they got a, no, a phone call at half eleven one the night. Sharon was saying to the girl and the dean, don't give up, because they were in despair and, and, uh, and half eleven. That Sharon said there was like six hours left in this day. And at half eleven that night she got a phone call and and Jason went in and uh, and he was successful. And so uh, Nadine rang Sharon and we were able to ring another Indian guy. Tell you what, get friends with Indians. These these Christians that I've met, they fast and pray all the time. Pastor, we just finished the three weeks, you know, prayer and fasting. You know, I'm like what? And then you ring them and goes, oh, we're just answering into another three weeks. I'm like, why didn't you ever eat in that church? And Paul is the anesthesist in St. Vincent's. And we rang him and he says, I'm just about to put him under. And I'm going to pray for him when he's going under. And I'm going to pray for him when he comes out. And uh, just God has his people everywhere. Be encouraged wherever you need. Wherever you need. And if you can't use people, he'll use ravens. He'll use whatever it is to get to us. And I, I just want to remind us this morning. The last couple of weeks, I've gone back over, you know, messages that I've preached and things the Lord put in my heart over the last couple of weeks, and I just, I just can't get away from them. And, um, and uh, 
they're not being easy messages in loads of ways because, uh, for instance, if you preach about forgiveness, right, or unforgiveness, you know you're touching the hearts and lives and pain of people's lives sitting in front of you. Not everyone, but you know. And sometimes you feel like, I don't know where the rest of the preachers, but sometimes you feel you're wrestling. You don't even realize it until you go home and you're exhausted and you're like, all you've done was preach the God's word. And, um, and the messages have been like that over the last four weeks. So I've looked back and I'm like, oh, what, is, what is this? What you? So I've come to a conclusion. Either we're in for the greatest breakthrough we've ever had, right? Which I'm believing, or else we're not listening. <laughs> I don't know what it is really. I'm believing for one and I don't... And I just pray, let, as the word says, let them who have an ear hear what the Spirit of God will say to you. And if it's not for you, you can let it pass and pray for the person there is for, because it's for us. And I just want to reiterate, and if that's all right, and like I can't do whatever, two and a half hours of sermons in the next 20 minutes, but um, I'm going to try. And if you, I know some of them are here, and I know I haven't been here every week, but your Liberty Church, I pray these, God gives us these, and we pray them into the church, into the fabric of who we are. And, um, and he has something. He has something on the other side of you. There's something of the kingdom that wants to be manifest and expressed. That you're not just somebody. You're not just another somebody. You're God's son or daughter who he loves dearly and gave his son so that you can manifest the son in the earth. The word is body. We are the representation of who Jesus is in, in the earth. Yeah, And um, so, so I'm excited for us. You know, you know, like when you talk to an American person and you're like, you know, you go, what's the story? He goes, yeah, I'm going to change the world. Say to an Irish person, what are you going to do? Sometimes we're so far down that we don't even know we can change our socks. Just being, just being real. Somehow in our psyche we've been battered so low that like a lot of people don't even start from a plus. We're starting from a minus to get us up from wherever we are to believe that God has a plan. For real. Not some t-shirt or slogan on the back of a car or on a, on a screen in a church. But it's real. He has a plan. And if that plan is for you to be on a plane to give someone a little booklet and then she goes on and fulfills God's plan or she has a son or a daughter that fulfills a bigger plan because it's all part of a bigger plan, then so be it. It's real. I'm telling you, it's real. And a couple of weeks ago, I know I was here, I spoke this word about out of Isaiah, that no weapon fashioned against you will prosper. You know, there's an intimidation, and when I've looked back on them, I think there's an exposure of some of the tactics that the enemy will use on us. And in that message, I was talking about, it's out of Isaiah, it's in, uh, uh, Sininigrab was the, the king of Assyria that was coming against Jerusalem, and Jeho not Jehoshaphat, Hezekiah. And he was in Jerusalem and this king was taking all the, all the cities, all the territories that wasn't submitting to him, he was coming to take them. And this synagogue was famous for creating different weapons. 
The, the big arm slingshot, the, the big ramrods that would go through walls, the high towers that would have men in them and they would go up to the tower and, and put a ladder across and go over. That you were, I even told you about that they had these screaming eagles, the Syrian war eagles they were called, that would, that would have a, a, a ball, a metal ball um, strapped to their feet. And when they, would, when they would fly, they would spot an enemy and they would fly. I think they brought 700 of them down for that war. Or that sees. And the, the eagle would scream. Can you imagine 700 screaming eagles coming towards you? The intimidation of the enemy, the, 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 the weapons that you could see visibly, the, the history that you know he's taken all other people out, people, cities that were stronger than your city. And Hezekiah said, Will someone go up and speak to the prophet and see is there a word from God for us? And it's in them words from God, from Isaiah, that we find that this king's arrow, not one arrow will even enter the city. He's going to be taken out. He's going to go back to where he came from. That's where we read, no weapon that's fashioned against you shall prosper. Wait upon the Lord. You shall walk and not grow weary, run and not faint. You shall melt up on wings like an eagle. There won't be eagles screaming against you that you will soar into the position that you really are. We're seated in heavenly places. We're the only creatures that are in two places at once. We're here and we're there. And I know like you, I know how to operate here. I want to learn how to operate from my position there. There's no weapon. See, the enemy comes with intimidation. I'll take you out. I'll take your family out. You will not prosper. You, these weapons that I'm using on you. Do you know what it says in the scripture? That that weapon is fashioned against you. Do you know unbelief is fashioned against you so that you won't believe? It's like going to a tailor. The enemy doesn't come at me the way he comes at you. It's like going to a tailor and you get a suit tailor fitted. That's the enemy's tactics against you. It's fashioned. Designed. I know how to take Bernard down. I know his weaknesses. I'm going to fashion a tactic. And yet the Lord says, no weapon that's fashioned against you will prosper. If you wait on me, attach yourself to me, and we get there in the end. I want you to know that he that's in you is greater than he that's in this world. So whatever intimidation the enemy is coming against you, because it's real. And then, another one was, if I can remember... Oh yeah, I had this dream, and in the dream, I was, it was like I was in Africa, and I was on the edge of a cliff, but there was a gap between me and the edge of the cliff, and a fam, uh, like some little warthogs went by, just there, like, uh, they were on the edge, and I was just back from the edge, but they went, and I was like, that's weird, and with that, um, a, an adult, like um, a parent warthog, you know, they're mad yokes, aren't they? You know, you ever see them? They're mad things. And it jumped up and it latched onto me. And I was like struggling to get this thing off of me in this dream. And with that, the ground gave way with me and this warthog because it was huge and it was heavy. And we were plummeting down. But I knew that that warthog was going to be killed. I knew he wasn't going to die. I don't know how because he was going to take the brunt of all of the fall. And I woke up, and you know, like, you, you don't know what's going on. You're like, but I know, I know. Look at my dreams. I know my difference in my dreams. 
And I was like, Lord, what was that? Scripture came to me immediately. It's like sometimes you're reading the Word and, you, and you, you've, you've an understanding revelation of the Word. And then the Lord gives you illustrations to illustrate the revelation. But this was like back to front. It was like there was a, there was a, a revelation with an illustration from the Scriptures. And the Scripture that He gave me was out of, was out of um, Acts. Uh, come up there, Mal has it up there. Where Paul was carrying out the purposes of God. Do you remember? If you can read that, man, you're miraculous. But it was when Paul was getting the wood for the fire and the snake touched himself, the viper touched himself. And I said, this scripture came to me about the viper. It wasn't, in my dream, it was a warthog, but it was an, an enemy. It was something that was going to bring me down. It was something that was going to attack me. And then the Lord gives me this scripture, and I read this scripture that Paul was the same, that this, this snake bit into him. The, mir- the miracle wasn't that he just shook the snake off. The snake's venom was not going to be something that killed them. They weren't surprised that the, um, they were waiting on him to die, he says. They were waiting on him to swell up. And when they seen it didn't happen, they seen it, it wasn't something. They started thinking otherwise. And that miracle opened up a door into higher positions and higher places where the people started. This is what it says. The people showed them unusual kindness. May you experience unusual kindness this week. I love kindness, but what's unusual kindness? They were the blue. Stuff that you weren't expecting. Here you go, son. Here you go, daughter. But the same thing. The snake wants to attach itself to us. To pull us down. It wants to, it wants to inject It's venom into us, unbelief, fear, into us. Unless we know that we have the authority over snakes and scorpions, we will allow that darn thing be still on us. And we'll operate with this bracelet of death around us where Paul shook it off. That there's some things that I can't shake off for you and you can't shake off for me. I have the authority and you have the authority in Christ Jesus to shake it off. I am not living this way anymore. I'm not allowing this to be attached to my life anymore. I'm shaking it off into the fire. Get into the fire of God. The enemy can't exist in the fire. He can't exist. You know, if you were fighting this, you know the way to beat a shark? Bring him into your territory on land. If you fight a shark in his territory, you're gone. But a shark can't survive where we live. And the enemy always tries to bring us into his domain. He always brings us into, into fear or unbelief or a distance from God. And we lose. But if we set our hearts to seek God and we pull, he can't exist in there. He can't have the victory in there. He can't lie in there. That's where truth rules and reigns. That's where peace guards our minds and our hearts. There's no sitting on fences in the kingdom. The devil owns the, owns the fence. That's why Jesus says, either be hot or cold, just be one of them. But don't be lukewarm because that's not the place you want to be. That's where the injection goes. That's where warthogs jump on you. We have to hear it. If God says some things the same things four different ways, he's trying to say something. <laughs> he's going to give us breakthrough. He's going to expose the enemy that latches onto you. 
There was miracles on the other side of Paul shaking that thing off. He healed the, the, the governor. He was sent on his way after that to fulfill the purposes of God in Rome. You just don't know what's on the other side of it. Never shaking off. Even your woman, what's her name? Taylor Swift even knew what to do. Shake it off. The players are going to play. Shake it off. All that stuff. I wish I knew the rest of the words. <laughs> Margs, come on, Margs. I know you're doing that. Then there was another message. Am I doing well with time? There was another message. Treasure or trash? We'll leave that one to the end. Last week, we were praying as elders. Not Friday gone, Friday before that. Hope you remember Bernard. And I had this momentary picture that you can just, you can just not even think of it. It was that quick. And it was full of detail. But it was moment. It was like quicker than a blink of an eye. And do you remember Bernard talked about I had a picture of a pink lady? What's that even mean? You have a picture of a pink lady. Her hair was pink. Everything about her was pink. And she had a white dog. And I was like, Lord, what, what's that? And I don't know what we prayed for as elders. But it made some sense at that time. But when I went upstairs to seek the Lord, the Lord gave me scripture. Oh, Genesis. This pink lady in this momentary picture was seductive, was enticing. She wasn't, it wasn't like when I think of the enemy wanting to intimidate us, it's loud, it's brash, it's forceful. When I think of the viper, it's something that just attaches itself to us going about our ordinary life. But this was more hideous than even the snake. Or the, or the screaming eagles, or the weapons. You can see them things. This was like more, it was like a James Bond body, you know, like rubbing the, 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 the dog, you know. It was seducing you into, think a certain way. If the enemy was screaming at you, saying you're no good, this was like, this pink lady was buying into something that you already believe about yourself. Actually, nobody really will care if you don't turn up. I show you at home from a kid you're going to not mount down. Don't have, don't have aspiration. It was that type of lull rubbing your face like into some type of false sense or agreeing with something that God wants to heal. Genesis 3, the Lord gave me. The snake. The seduction of the snake. Did God really say Surely not will happen if you just take a bit of the apple or the bit of fruit. Do you know the pink lady who went upstairs and realized pink lady's name of an apple? The name of fruit. I'm like, she ain't he, Mac Lord, you think this was you? Detaching them from God with seduction. Which nobody will say, just do it. Nobody knows the way you think, just think that way. They're all right, everybody's doing it, even Christians are doing it, even pastors are doing it. It's this pulling us into some way of thinking. Who will know? God wants to expose that pink lady. 
So you know the voice of the enemy. You know the voice. You just have one. <laughs> just do one, whatever. So your gift wasn't accepted the last time you tried to bring your gift. You can hear it. Why go for it again? Why won't you hear it? Won't you, won't you know where you hear it every time now? <laughs> just the weirdest thing. A guy told me testimony yesterday. I was, that was in church last week when I was preaching this in Bluegrass. You know, you're left with God. Pink ladies, road, or what do you call them? Them things, the, the, the word, you know what I mean? Like, in the natural, you're like, I'm not getting up to say that, Lord. That sounds crazy. Thank God for his word. It's already been written. But a fella showed me, tell me testimony yesterday that when I was sharing this last week, you know, Pink Lady is a figure of the enemy in the garden. Yeah? So last night, him and his, his girl came up. Three months a Christian. No, remember the Pink Lady thing? Yeah. He says, when you were speaking about me and um, her ladies, Jen looked at each other and went and named the name. They have a friend. He was out walking Friday night. He's three months of like drinking cocaine that was party city ruining everything that they've ever had and there's a woman in their life that always wears pink and in three months since he's got clean he's never been tempted till Friday night before I preached that message he says we're walking by this woman's house that's where we always went for sessions that's where we always went that's where all crazy things happen walking by her house the music is on the windows the curtains up he said I could hear the champagne bottles banging there was people singing he says for the first time I was tempted he says no you're not going to believe this our white dog is on the window barking at me like when when are you going to tell me this because sometimes I I'm a man as well. I have to battle these things. For him, it was a she, and she wears pink all the time. And my daughter Erica's sitting there, and he goes, "Is her name such and such?" She knows because she used to work with her two kids. And she said, "Dad, if I could put a word on her, I'd put seduction." That's what it is. It seduces you in. Thought patterns. But we're going to wave goodbye to her. She doesn't have a place. And the Lord will make us wise to the enemy's schemes. That's what Paul tells us. Whatever he do, whatever he does, because this is where it leads us. Treasure or trash. You'll start thinking trash about yourself if you give in. When we give in. When we have given in to any of them. Intimidation. Intimidation of the enemy. You never feel good about yourself. You never feel good when you've been seduced into sin. You never feel good when, when you've attached something that's attached itself and you start coming into agreement with the lawyers about yourself, about God, about people, about the plan, about them. You never feel good about yourself. It always either makes you, it makes you think trash about you, trash about God, trash about his call, trash about who you are in him. It always makes where God said in Isaiah, I have found you as a treasure out of darkness. And you can think of ourselves as treasure or trash. And I've learned I have no right in God to call what he says is treasure is trash. I've no right to do that. 
You're not trash. Maybe trash things has happened to us, but that's not who we are. That's things that has happened, has been poured onto us, or things we got involved in. But you're the treasure. You're somebody. This is what he said to, to um, your man in Isaiah. I think it was name in a minute. I nearly had it. It's up on the screen. He says, you're going to be my man. Cyrus. You're going to be my man and I'm going to bring people. You're going to take the king's treasures. Kings in those days would bury their treasures in dark places, caves, underground. He says, I'm going to use you to take treasure out of darkness. Their treasure. Their treasure. The treasure that was hidden. The treasure that the king of this world has bound. The father of this world, the father of lawyers, has hidden in darkness. He says, I'm going to give you. You're going to take treasure out of darkness. You are treasure. That can be some corny old dopey thing to say or it's real and the enemy wants to make trash out what God has put on your life and in your life and called you to be you know Jesus when he died on the cross he was brought out to the trash heap called Golgotha he died there so that we could be taken out of that he died on a cross in the trash in the heap in the tip head so that you and I could be treasure unto him. Treasure that he'd known, he'd sown, he'd made, he formed. And what's on the other side of it is God's plan. And I'm not saying we turn all American and we go, we're going to change everything in the world. But I think that we just start believing God. No matter what's gone on, we've all been trashed, guys. We've all had trashed and been trashed. We've all probably ended up on the, the, the dump somewhere along the lines if we're living for any length of time. But that does not make you who God made you to be. That doesn't mean we can continually agree with the seductress, with the viper that has attached itself to us, or the intimidation of the enemy. That we have to, God's call is to us, come on now, stand up, rise up. Attach yourself to me. Come into that place. You know that scripture that I said that they that wait upon the Lord. That word wait means to entwine yourself with him. That to come back into that place of saying, Lord, here I am. You're my God. I'm your son. That I, 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 I'm loved by you. I love you, Lord. I worship you. You're the king of my life. You know, the seductor says, you can't go back again. The intimidator will say, you should be full of shame. You could not go in this. You can't believe. Look what happened the last time you believed. But Isaiah said, no, come on and wait in the Lord again. There's a way that that's not, that weapon that's fashioned against you will not prosper. And it's waiting on him. And then when you wait on the Lord, you will walk and not grow weary. Because it works, doesn't it? Have you ever been out on your feet, not knowing what to go, and you go before the Lord? You start walking again in faith. You start believing again, even if it's only drops. That's all it takes. And that walk breaks into a run. And the run breaks into a soaring. And where we used to drag ourselves through life, we're now looking down from a different position. Saying, man, God, you're good. God, you're faithful. Your mercies are new every morning. That's what he has. That, like, we are praying this Friday. We are praying, 
Lord, put some new fresh faith in us to believe, to get our teeth into something, to see the kingdom to come to pass. That's what he wants to impart. If I've ever prayed, Romans 1.11, Paul says, I can't wait to go to you so I can impart some spiritual gift for the mutual building up of each other. That if impartation of gifts can be done, which it can be done, that my prayer is being for us as a church, that God would allow us to, for faith to be imparted into our lives, that we can get our teeth into something. I'm believing for the next generation. Look, as that bit into me, I'm pointing into something, into the kingdom. And no storm, no joint, no intimidation, no seduction, no viper is going to stop me believing because, believe me, they do come against us. But greater is he that's in you. And all I know is this for my last number of years. All God needs is my yes. That's all he needs. It's like, well, Lord, what have we fast for 40 days? Just give me a yes no. Do you want me to do this? Give me permission. Just expose whatever that is attached to you. Just speak out loud when you're with God, in your heart, wherever you want to. I'm not, I'm not saying yes to this anymore. I'm saying yes to him. The seductress. That snake. I'm not saying yes to that anymore. I'm saying yes to him. The creator of heaven and earth. I'm going to wait on him. I'm going to know I'm loved by God. I've had a great month in just this. If you looked at me um, playlist, you would see it's like the greatest love story songs of all time. It's all about, Lord, I love you. I'm your son slow down all these songs that have just me just gone before God and I'm not anything I'm a son and I'm loved and even when I don't feel that way I don't give in because I know that's the seductress trying to seduce you away from knowing you're loved and I'm telling you if you go before him you'll renew your strength if you come before me the best you get a good joke if you go before God you're going to be a different person Am I speaking to new believers here? Not many. I'm speaking to those because sometimes when you go on with God, it gets harder at times. You get lulled into that false sense. I'm doing enough. <laughs> I'm ticking the boxes. And yet God has more. And if you read in the Bible, those who are longer in the Lord, it's at certain stages God can say, now I can give you this son. Now I can give you this daughter because you've been through the war. You've seen the seductors. You've been bitten by the viper. You've, you've heard the screaming eagles and you're still standing. Now we can give you something because you're going to be able to carry it because all them weapons that have been fashioned against you has not prospered. Now I can give you something. Moses wasn't a young spring chicken when he was walking up those mountains. He was 80 years of age. He was 120 Caleb wasn't someone that was like young and, and zesty in life. He was the same age. I'm, I've, I've waited this long. I've been through the battles. I know there's joints, but them joints up there are none compared to the joints that God has helped me take out in my own life. It's not wasted. It's not wasted. And of anything that we're longer in the Lord, determine today that you're going to finish well. You're going to finish better than you've even started. Or your middle ground. But now, Lord, you have my yes. I'd like us to stand, if you would, please. And I'm like, Lord, can I just speak about kindness next week or something? 
don't want us over the messages over the months that we hear and that just this morning, just just before God, that we take ownership of what's being preached from this pulpit over the months. From all the various speakers. Just I bet you if you look back over over the sermons. You'll see the thread of God, what he wants to say to us. True as all, it's not just true one person. You'll see the answers in some of the other sermons. But if we just let them go, if we just go, that's another sermon or that's another. If we do, we're being blinded. We're being deafened. We're being dulled somehow. And this morning we break it off. In the name of Jesus. There's a sharpness going to come into your spirit and mind. There's a sharpness going to come into your understanding. It's like a receiver. Like an antenna going up in, the, in, your, in your, spirit, your spiritual walk with God. To receive the thoughts There's a strength going to come into you to resist the intimidator. There's a wisdom going to come into you that exposes the seductress. There's an authority going to come into your life that shakes off the viper. There's a stillness going to come into your spirit where you can wait on God with full assurance and trust that he is who he says he is and will do what he says he will do in your life. I pray, Father, for an awakening afresh in me and us, an awareness of God, of the plans and purposes that you have. Lord, I don't care if it's washing feet for the rest of my life. I just want your plan. I don't care what it is. I just want what you want. And you have my yes. And you have the leadership of liberties, yes. And I pray, Lord, that all of them would echo from us as not just leaders Lord but from the body then that you have our yes do what you want I know that's a dangerous prayer I don't know why we say that (laughs) it's the only prayer (laughs) it's the only prayer do what you want Lord let us be like Isaiah people here I am You don't even have to finish the rest, right, today. Just here I am. You have me, Lord. Here I am, Lord. I don't know how I'm going to get there, but here I am. I don't know what you want me to do, but here I am. I just present me. I pray today, Lord God. I pray for healing. I pray for every landing spot, Lord, the enemy has in lives, that that spot would be broken up right now. Every landing strip would be be disrupted. It would be excavated, O God. In the name of Jesus, Father, every painful thing, O God, would be healed. Every viper that attached itself to us because of shame, pain, or trauma, Lord, we shake it off. Every lie that we've been seduced into believing, we rejected in the name of Jesus. Every 
weapon that is being fashioned against us, we break its power and we attach ourselves to you afresh, Jesus. Lord, we intertwine our lives right now with you afresh. And say we're yours, Lord. That I am yours and we are yours and liberty is yours, Lord. And we want what you want, Lord. We need what you have for us, O God. We desire it, Lord. We desire it, Lord God. And someone showed me this. I don't know whether it was... I think it was Bernard. Um, so, can you just be a bit bold with me? Can you put your hands out like this? And if you put your hands together like you're praying, it's like, what was that, Bernard? That's that's relationship. Now, if you fold them in, that's oneness. See, intertwined. Lord, we do this as an act of our heart. We say yes to relationship. And we say yes to oneness, O God. Intertwined with you, so Lord, that we could we could be lifted up. That we could be seated and known that we're loved greatly by God. And um, and in return, Lord, our response is to love you, Lord. And in response is to love this world around us, Lord. Father, as we hear and feel your heart for us, O God, that we we respond in worship, O God. But Lord, that we would truly be your body on this earth, O God. Father, give us them moments, Lord God, that Gemma experienced. Lord, whatever it is, O God, if it's given a kind word, O God, if it's if it's a life and death situation, O God, just we just we just pray, Father, if it's given an a piece of bread or a drink of water, Lord. I send us out, Lord, from this great building, this great history, Lord, from Liberty Church, O God. I send us out to be your hands and feet, your voice, your eyes, your ears, O God. Lord, your love, O God. Father God, that where we see the enemy, Lord, at work in other people's lives through whatever you've showed us, O God, whatever we see, we pray, Lord. We pray for our people to be free, Lord God. We pray for our families to be saved, O God. We pray for our town and our communities, Lord, to be to be revived with the gospel of Jesus, O God. I pray for a boldness for us, O God. I pray for a boldness for us, O God, that we would know that this gospel is the power of God unto salvation, Lord God. That there's no other words or philosophy, Lord God, can can stand against the Lord. Hallelujah, Lord God. I pray for the fire that was prayed for in the service before us, Lord. We pray for it for us, Lord. And you'd send us out of this place with our hearts, as Wesley said, strangely warmed. There was a fire lit. Can you just put your hand on the shoulder beside you? Just pray God's best. Just pray a blessing. Just pray God's goodness. That anything, nothing, nothing, nothing will attach itself to that sister or brother anymore. You're free to lift up holy hands. Now those ears will hear the lovely, the noble, and the honorable things. Hallelujah. That life will have the power 
in the name of Jesus to shake all things off. At that moment, we'll never come into agreement with trash talk again. That if it's not Jesus, if it's not what Jesus would say to my brother or sister, well then it's rejected. <laughs> if it's not what Jesus would say, that gets poured into the trash heap. And the only thing that's accepted in these bodies and these minds is is those words that that Jeremiah says. For you know, there's that scripture says, "For I know the thoughts I have towards you," says the Lord. Thoughts not for calamity or destruction, but thoughts that will give you hope. It's filled with hope and plans and purposes. And as many as the sand is on the seashore, that's as many as the thoughts of God is towards us. Thoughts of love. So don't mind, Lord, anything that's not from Jesus, anything that's not would not come from the mind of God, we reject it. And we receive all that you have for us. Thank you, Lord. I bless you. I love Liberty Church. I love being here. I love doing life with this church. I love doing life with you. And I pray God's bless best for you. I pray that above all that you would know the love of God, that you would know the heart of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, that you would know his greatness this week and you would make it known in the name of Jesus. And the people say, Amen. Guys, will you stay with us for a cup of tea and uh, have a great week.